0: let's rock it i think
1: it's good let's go good morning no
0: i don't know i will never mean.
1: what was that <laughs>
0: i'm a little bit rusty and i feel something's taking me i don't know the words
1: <laughs> caving in
0: caving <laughs> in what was the one line
1: oh my god uh i can't sing i want
0: to take you for <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wanna take you for Grandma. Huh? <laughs> I wanna push you around. And I will, and I will.
1: I love how he starts singing ridiculous at first. And then there's a good span of him singing totally regular. Yeah. And then the granted. And then he's like, like He just reminds you that this is absolutely absurd. We saw Barbie so twice. Twice in the past week. I am in love with Ryan Gosling now. I Are you leaving me? If he like whisked me away. That's fair. Whisked. Is that the word? I don't know. I, I said wisp. <laughs> I think it's whisk. Whisked.
0: Like whisking eggs? I'm not sure. I don't I know don't that know.
1: phrase. Let's just say whisk and hope that's right. But if he whisked me away after that movie, I feel like it wouldn't be that different being married to him than it is being married to you because oh wow that's a
0: huge compliment like in looks like how we look
1: Uh, well no (laughs) 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 in interviews i've seen him he's a regular guy i guess in public facing settings right cool he's chill which i imagine how you are at work or like when people first meet you they don't really they don't really know that you're funny, but then seeing then all him, of a sudden, Groundhog. Yeah, seeing seeing Ryan Gosling in that movie, it was like, oh my god, I bet he is so freaking funny with him and his wife when it's just them at the house. Yeah. So it made me just really fall in love with him.
0: I'm in love with him too. Do we need to do like an announcement about what's going on and stuff? Are we? How does this work?
1: Yes, let's do it. Or yes. Are we? No, this is a big day. Yeah. You were joining Breakfast for Dinner.
0: Yeah, what am I? I'm like a Andy Richter. I'm like a side host.
1: Yeah, side host. You're my side... Side piece? Side piece, yeah. You're my side piece. Yeah. It's still That is so
0: emasculating.
1: (laughs) It's still... But after
0: watching Barbie, I'm okay with it.
1: Women run the world now after Barbie. It's still breakfast for dinner with Sarah the Human. Just in case you do it like twice and hate it and want to drop out, I'm still going to be around.
0: Well, and it sounds like you'll do some particular interviews by yourself. What yeah.
1: Were- yeah. No, I think I'm going to fill it out and just use my intuition to figure out which interviews I want you to join and which ones I just want to do by myself. No fits.
0: <laughs> wow. rethinking all of this
1: no um yeah i think so some will be with you some will be with just me like i've been doing but my favorite part is that once a month we are going to do an episode like this one that we're about to do where it's just us two we have some planned um i won't tell you the topics now but
0: but they won't all be movies
1: no 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 they won't all be movies this one is the barbenheimer episode it's talking about our double feature we Well, we set out to do a double feature of Oppenheimer and then Barbie in the same day. Right. It didn't work out that way, which we'll get into.
0: (laughs) No, it didn't.
1: It did not work out that way. But we tried. And that's what this episode is going to be about. Moving forward, all the other episodes are going to be like random topics that we pick and we talk about. So I'm really pumped. So basically, once a month, it'll just be Bo and me. And then we'll have guests uh, once, every week. Yeah, every week, one guest per week.
0: But every fourth or fifth week.
1: Yeah, it's confusing because some months have us. four weeks and some or some we we're gonna release on Tuesdays and some months have four Tuesdays in the month and some months have five Tuesdays in the month.
0: Yeah.
1: Are there months that have three Tuesdays? Maybe February. I didn't think
0: about that. Could we not have done months better? I get that there's 365 days in a year. But why are they like that?
1: I don't know. Like, why aren't they all just 30 days?
0: Well, that wouldn't add up to 365. But is there, a, I know it's,
1: yeah. This... like, maybe
0: it's, like, every, 364 divided by some common denominator.
1: Something to do. And there's 18
0: months or whatever it turns out to be. And then the last month has an extra day.
1: When was the month calendar established? Like, forever ago, right? Oh,
0: man. It was, I think it might have been, like, the Romans. Even. right.
1: Isn't that kind of fascinating Gosh, we're going to sound so
0: stupid. We have no idea.
1: I know. But isn't that fascinating that they established it so long ago and we just still keep it?
0: I have to look it up. I have to know. Okay. All right.
1: We should look it up. Look it up.
0: This time on, are we dumb? (laughs) Who created the calendar?
1: It's not our strength.
0: 12-month calendar. We're not dumb,
1: but factoids, history, it's not our strengths. You're more um, of a history, buff than I am. So you're, this is supposed to be your job.
0: Julius Caesar ordered a calendar consisting of 12 months based on the solar year. We're right.
1: You were right. Good job. Oh Trust your gut gosh, next time. I did it. Be confident. We are
0: not dumb this time. We're
1: not dumb. You're not dumb. <laughs> yeah, but the Romans figured it out. And then either it was the perfect formula, so we kept it. Or we could be doing it better and no no one has ever like revisited it.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. I gotta look the, into that now.
1: Do we tell everybody about our ridiculous week?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we should. Are you talking about the weekend where we tried to watch, or the week? Yeah,
1: I just mean, should we, yeah, not the week. Yeah, should we? <laughs> should, should, should we I, tell them
0: about two nights ago? No.
1: That's only for the Patreon. <laughs>
0: Uh, you gotta pay a lot for it,
1: though. Yeah, you gotta pay us two hundred bucks for episode. Um. Anyway, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Let's get into our double feature weekend.
0: Yeah, we bought these tickets like over a month before the showing, and yeah. we were we were late actually. We had some issues with Sarah's AMC movie pass that we never figured out, so that's why we like a word delayed in buying the tickets
1: well a month before was late like the theaters right. were packed for both Barbie and Oppenheimer for Oppenheimer they only had third row and Barbie I think we we weren't sitting next to each other
0: no and we, we had to like there's like four seats in between us
1: yeah so we asked those four people to move so even a month in advance seriously all the theaters in LA were like almost completely booked
0: that's why I love it here.
1: So we got tickets to see Oppenheimer at 10.30 a.m. Yeah. on opening weekend, on the Saturday of opening weekend. At the Grove. And then we planned to see Barbie at 5 p.m. the same day. Right. According to TikTok, that's how you're supposed to do it. You know, that's the order. Like That we, order
0: makes sense to me.
1: It does. And then our other plan was to record this episode right after we saw Barbie.
0: Yeah. Because so we, we'd
1: be super energetic. It's a fun movie. You know, put us in a good mood to record the podcast but that did not happen.
0: No. We get there at 10:30 a.m. for our showing. First off, it's already just like packed with Barbie people. Everyone wearing their pink. Like so many people were dressed up. It was really fun, uh, but we weren't going to see Barbie. Actually, there were some Barbie people in Oppenheimer with us. Did you notice?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people stayed at the theater and like saw it literally back to back, both Damn. of them. Because that yeah. first
0: movie's three hours long. I know.
1: Hopefully they just had time to get a bite to eat at the Grove and then went back into the theater. Yeah. But I didn't want to do it that back to back. I didn't want to sit in the theater for like six hours. We had to let the
0: dog out too. True. Yeah, so 1030. We, we walk into the theater and the screen is completely dead, black, and people are kind of confused.
1: And I said, I am staying outside because it was pitch black it in the movie theater. Dark. Yeah, why and did
0: you, you weren't comfortable I just, with that? My
1: anxiety kind of flared up. I was like, ooh, I don't like <laughs> just sitting in the middle of a row, pitch black with people. I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of freaked out. And I was like, I'm going to wait outside until the lights are on, until the screen is on. So right. there's some light. I guess yeah. I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> Actually, I am scared of the dark. Do you remember? Because in L.A., we have street lights in our apartment. Oh, yeah. Our apartment at night doesn't get fully no. pitch black.
0: Like you can wake up and go to the bathroom and you, can, you won't trip over anything. Yeah, you it's can see
1: a little bit. But when we go to the lake house yeah. in Texas, it is pitch black. I cannot see my hand in front of my face. And I got so scared one That's night. That's right. It I, was
0: really freaky of going three, four years, however long it was. Where th- this was our norm, for the most part. And then going somewhere where it was pitch black. I hadn't been anywhere where it was pitch black at night, going to sleep. Like, completely dark. Since, like, camping. We went camping.
1: I know. I mean, no, but even camping, I feel like...
0: Like the moon? Yeah, <laughs> the stuff. moon!
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever it was about this room we were in, I was really scared that I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. So that's what the movie theater was like when we first walked in. Right. And I was like, oh hell no, <laughs> I will be back. Right. Um, but then shortly after I left, it turned on. So yeah, it was like, the cool.
0: trailers were going. The, it, I remember because it opened and it was the Dune trailer and I was, fucking loved the first movie. So I was getting all excited for the trailer. And it was like kind of fuzzy. You, I think you asked me about it. You were like, are they gonna fix that?
1: We were on the third row and I don't usually sit on the third row. You know, I hate the front. I was like, is this what it's like on the front rows? It's blurry a little bit because it's so close up or something. And you were like, no, 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 no. I think it's just the previews might be a lesser quality. And then when the actual film comes on, it's not going to be fuzzy.
0: I was positive because it just didn't add up in my brain that, that that this movie would turn on and not be sharp.
1: Yeah, but whenever you said that, I was like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think the previews... Yeah. or lesser quality. So I you, was like, something's not right.
0: You went and checked, and you asked about it.
1: Yeah, I felt like a Karen a little bit. <laughs> but I went out, and I found an employee there, and I was like, hey, the projector is out of focus in the IMAX for Oppenheimer. And they were like, we know, we're working on it. So I went back in, and then the film started, and mm-hmm. it's still bl- blurry. Yeah. And the words came on the screen at on the opening title yeah. sequence and it was so blurry like i it was making me nauseous just to read the words yeah i was looking at you like what do we do do we leave and you're just like let's give it 10 minutes because what if it turns back on yeah i, I was regular? positive
0: they were going to fix it because i've yeah. been in movie theaters where like something goes wrong and then they fix it or they come out and say something give you an update but they were just letting it happen
1: yeah that was weird they didn't come out and say anything because they, they didn't
0: want Pretty much what happens, we went out after 10 minutes and we said, hey, what's the ETA, ETA on fixing the projector? And he said, it won't be fixed until the end of the movie. That's just how IMAX works. <laughs> so we'll get into that. But uh, they were just going to let all those people watch it out of focus and hope they didn't notice. Because it was such a packed weekend, you'd have a huge line of angry people that want to see Optimist. 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 Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Uh, that I want to see Oppenheimer again that day or the next day and it's completely filled. There's no tickets because we were like the first people out and we rescheduled our tickets. We had to do it for the next day in Dolby and not in IMAX.
1: And there was a long line behind, behind us. us. I think people were following suit. After we so left, they, they were go, like, fuck this. If they so go I'm in giving... there and
0: make an announcement, you're going to have how many people in that theater? 250? 250? fucking pissed Yuck. coming out.
1: Because the people in that theater had to have gotten their tickets a long at time least ago. a month in advance. So the
0: people who got like a good seat, who like it's really important to them, they got it two months in advance, they got a good seat, and they won't get a good seat until three weekends later.
1: Yeah, it was, now. we looked at-
0: That's so fucked up. Like
1: theaters all around, and we there was nothing for the same day, because we really wanted to see it in the same day. Well, the other part of it is Christopher Nolan. He recommends that everybody see it in IMAX. So the IMAX Preferably is- Preferably
0: 70 millimeter. Yeah. I and mean, Apparently there's something better than that.
1: But. Oh my God. Yeah. So the IMAX's were just completely booked for like three weekends. And so the we Those had to do- There's poor people
0: sitting in the middle. Like we had like kind of shitty seats and actually kind of got better seats. For the next one but man those poor people that got like the best seats in the house they got absolutely hosed by amc
1: they really did we did get our money back so that was good but we had to just see it the next day that was the only thing we could maneuver and our seats were not together but we asked people to move so we got to sit together so basically now we went home we were gonna see barbie at 5 p.m on opening weekend on Saturday, and then we saw Oppenheimer at 4 p.m. on Sunday the next day. And this is what kind of fucked us, because...
0: It was supposed to be a one-day thing, too, and it turned into a whole fucking weekend.
1: Yeah, because after we saw Barbie, I was so freaking amped on life. I was feeling electric, so excited, and I was like, oh my God, should we just record the podcast now? Because I... And pumped. I'm in such a good mood. Let's record the podcast right now and we'll just talk about what happened and how we tried to see Oppenheimer and we couldn't. And you're like, no, no, no. Like, I want to also see Oppenheimer and talk about that movie because I know that's going to be good. Yeah,
0: I really wanted to talk about Oppenheimer.
1: So, yeah. So we planned on doing the podcast after Oppenheimer on that Sunday. And after Oppenheimer, obviously it's kind of a downer movie. Like, it's just more mellow and... We left feeling so... How uh, would you it describe our feeling? It was a completely
0: opposite state from, the, from coming out of Barbie.
1: Drained? Like, also I sitting know. there it for was, three hours? Yeah, like. it was...
0: Yeah, we, we took a pee at one hour and 30 minutes, which was when my pee times app re- recommended it. And it was like, damn, we still got a lot of movie left.
1: The three hours was a bit long for me.
0: That, I, yeah, wait, I thought it was way too long. Look, we're on, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: We're not there yet, I guess. We'll talk about that. But yeah. so anyway, so after Oppenheimer, we tried to record the podcast. We were like, okay, let's just push through and like muster up some energy to record now. And we started it and, and we, we, just were, couldn't. we just couldn't do it. Like we were just in bad moods. Yeah. We were just like, damn it. We, we we had this all planned to where we come out of Barbie. We're so excited. We're going to record. It would have been perfect. And And then after Oppenheimer, we were just like, I don't know. You know, we just weren't in the mood. We weren't feeling it.
0: Okay. So that's how it went down. You ready to talk about the movies? Yes. Okay. I think first we should talk about Oppenheimer. Okay. Okay. Really great cinematography. Now let's talk about Barbie.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Contrary to the rest of the world, Oppenheimer wasn't our favorite movie ever. <laughs> I feel like the rest of the world is obsessing over it. And that's just not how we feel. Like, I mean, I'll speak for myself.
0: Sarah, really great cinematography. And
1: really great acting. Okay, that's another thing. Killian, I think he deserves best actor already for Oscar. He did so incredible. Robert Downey Jr. did amazing. Like, everybody did amazing. Great acting. It just did not live up to the hype. No, for I had a me. ton
0: of hype for it. A ton.
1: Yeah. Obviously, this movie and Barbie were so hyped for like a year, over a year. Both of them were super hyped.
0: You know what kind of messed it up? I think for me. What? In a way, I I didn't have any expectations. I like had a bunch of hype for both, but I didn't have any expectations on what the films were about. I didn't know like what story they were gonna tell, in the, in either of them so what I think screwed us, me at least, is we saw the first 10 minutes of Oppenheimer the day before and then had to walk out. And I was really impressed. They had these really insane visuals of the quantum realm. And then like my seat was shaking with the score and stuff. And I think I tried to, I think I guessed what the movie was going to be about, what story they were going to tell. And that like gave me an expectation. So the next day when I went in, it wasn't about the story that I hoped it would be about. And... I think that affected my viewing experience a lot.
1: That's a really good point. I think so too because after the first 10 minutes I came away thinking, "Okay, I'm pumped to see that. I right. we got to see that as soon as possible. It's going to be so good." And yeah, the quantum physics stuff has been something that I've been wanting to look into more because it's very spiritual. You know, it's basically saying we're all connected. We're all one big blob of consciousness, basically, which is so aligned with, like, a lot of spiritual teachings.
0: And they mentioned that at the beginning. It was, like, he was touching Emily Blunt's... Is that who it is?
1: Yeah, Emily Blunt. That wasn't, like, at the very beginning. Like, we didn't see that part. We didn't see that yet? No, we just saw... Well, that
0: aligned with what I thought the movie was going to be about, and it was at the beginning.
1: Yes, when they were holding hands, and he was, like... And he
0: was, like, it's just our atoms, like, they don't go through each other because... We just touched hands when we did that. It was really <laughs> cute. Yeah, because of the mat, I don't care, remember. Well, they do shit. go
1: through each other, but we just put form to it where there's not actually form.
0: Right. Where our, our
1: minds think that we have boundaries with our bodies, and we have boundaries with a table, with a chair. But
0: right. there's not
1: actually any boundaries. Like, we're all just kind of...
0: On some level, when you get onto the really, really small particles, we're all... The same. There's no difference.
1: That's it, crazy. I just thought they would.
0: I thought that's what they were going that more because I knew his story. I knew it was going to be, he made the atomic bomb, but then he wrestled with the idea of everyone having nukes and bombs and how that could hurt a lot of lives. And he cared about that. And people thought he was such a hypocrite because because of that. But I get it. So I thought they were going for this humanity angle of it doesn't matter if they're Japanese or if they're American. We're all made of the same stuff type thing and they did not go that direction which is fine but for me I was so excited about that story and I got it in my head uh,
1: that might have affected it I mean they did touch on that a little bit they didn't which really is too connect woo-woo. They didn't connect the quantum physics and Oppenheimer seeing the Japanese as the same as the Americans but they did show that scene they were all all the Americans were celebrating and he was giving the They were
0: celebrating after they Drop the bomb on... Japan. Hiroshima.
1: Yeah. That scene... Which I, is
0: insane. Like 70,000 people confirmed are dead. And they don't know that it's going to be more than that. I know. And they were cheering. Yay, America. What the fuck?
1: That scene, I thought, was incredibly done. That Yeah, was because he was having that moment. That was so moving. Yeah. And the whole movie, I think, was worth watching because of that scene. Like, it was masterfully done. It really was. I think that was excellent storytelling. But yeah, I don't know, just overall as a whole, I think maybe it was just too long. It's not a good sign for me when I check my phone for the time. (laughs) And at an hour 15, I couldn't resist. I checked my phone and I was like, oh my God, it's only been an hour 15. But the rest of the movie, I was a lot better. I think like the second half yeah. flowed a lot better and yeah, was not it did. as boring. To the me. first
0: half was it almost seemed very like compartmentalized in a way, and I'm sure on there's a through line, but when it's not clear and it wasn't clear for me, I just start to get out of it a little bit when there's scenes that I'm just not sure why they're in the movie.
1: Yeah, I think another metric for me when I watch movies is. If I love a movie, I want to see it again. And that was a movie that I'm just like, I don't want to see that again. That is not
0: a metric for me. Really? I do not want to see Past Lives again. I do not want to see Eighth Grade again. Because they both are just kind of like painful. Very hard to watch.
1: I understand how maybe it's not a, what's the word, foolproof?
0: Oh yeah, foolproof. Method? Uh, Yeah.
1: Maybe that's not a foolproof system or metric. Because you're right. There are some movies that I like that I don't necessarily... I'm not necessarily like chomping at the bit to see again.
0: My metric is... I don't know if this is true. But it's like how deep a movie hits for me.
1: That's a good metric. I want to
0: say how deep it penetrates me. But (laughs) uh, yeah, I don't know. Because I think with comedies even, if they're really, really funny, but they don't hit me deep, I don't like... Even though I was laughing the whole time, it doesn't do, it doesn't, it will never get to the threshold that a triangle of sadness could get to because not only was it funny and everyone was laughing, but there was something there that really hit me on a deep register. And I was like, Ooh, I feel that.
1: What I love about that metric is you can't measure it. Right. It's just a feeling. And it's personal. Yeah, it's personal. It's not like
0: that triangle of sadness or Oppenheimer or Barbie hit everybody on the same, at the same depth but i'm like it could be flipped and you know some movie i could be like i don't feel shit and other people like hit him deep so i maybe there's a chance that oppenheimer hit really deep for people but just knowing his story and the so many beautiful things you could show through this really complex life the decision that was made didn't hit for me i don't know yeah
1: i think you're right though like This whole experience with trying to see Oppenheimer for us just didn't go well and it might have tainted the experience for us.
0: Yeah, maybe. The energy of that theater was low. It was so low.
1: When it ended, nobody clapped. The energy, you could feel a shift. Right, but then you watch... People seem to not care.
0: I didn't see this in theaters, but if you watch something like Marriage Story, or Eighth Grade's a good example, in the theater... Even though it's a downer of a fucking movie, the energy was still high. People were invested. I just didn't feel it this time, but again, that's pretty woo-woo.
1: You don't have to do a disclaimer I know, you're right. about woo-woo. We are woo-woo. Be proud, don't be ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed a little. Don't be ashamed. I
0: know, I shouldn't be.
1: Energy is real. I mean, anyone-
0: Everybody feels Everybody it.
1: can relate to an energy shift yeah. in a room. You can cut the tension with a knife. I'm sure there's some quantum
0: mechanics that explain that phenomena.
1: Yeah, there probably are.
0: Yeah, I was a little scared to come on here and say that I didn't like Oppenheimer, but everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And if you liked the movie, that's fantastic for you. Do you think we're not appreciating the experience enough? Like, Do you think we're taking it for ground now?
1: (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Or it is like the Emperor's new clothes where people are like, oh my God, it's Christopher Nolan and he can do no wrong and people just like it because it's Christopher Nolan. And they're not even thinking for themselves if they like it or not. suits on set. (laughs) Look, I love Dark Knight, Interstellar. Those are like top 10 favorite movies. Prestige, that might even be top 10. I love Prestige. So love Christopher Nolan's films. This one was towards the bottom of the list for me out of his films. Should we talk about our favorite movie of this year? Potentially my favorite movie of all time now?
0: Yes, we should. Yes.
1: Look, Barbie had, I would say, even more hype than Oppenheimer. In LA, there are Barbie posters, posters, (laughs) billboards everywhere
0: huge, like huge billboards.
1: For months before the movie. I mean, on Instagram, everybody's sharing like Barbie content months and months before the movie. It was like
0: a month before the movie, but yes.
1: It felt like months and months. I don't know. I don't think so. I think you're wrong. Okay. It was more than a month. Because I remember uh, all those little Instagram posters came out that you share. And I was thinking, July 21st? That is forever away. I'm dying to see this movie. And it was like April or something.
0: Okay, I believe you. You're wrong. So,
1: <laughs> I know you don't believe me, but I'm going to show you later. Yeah, so this movie had so much hype. So going into it, I was thinking, it's just not going to live up to the hype. I'm so hyped.
0: I was positive it wouldn't live up to the hype.
1: There's no way. Yeah. Because
0: all the actors were like, it started to get almost like annoying with their, trust me, you do not know where it's going kind of thing. and like,
1: I didn't trust them.
0: I didn't trust them. They were yeah. trying to sell tickets.
1: I know. I was like, this has so much hype. Like there's just no way it's going to live up to it. And also it's just set up to fail. It's just set up for failure because right. the whole world is hyping it up. Like that's not a good place to be.
0: No, right. The opposite would be like, or not the opposite, but you know, well, the opposite hype would be like the bear, like no one even knew about it. Nobody really cared. And then it just blew up. Right. Like that's like, that seems preferred. You don't want to get be like really, really hyped. And that doesn't meet expectations. So it's kind of scary. It's a scary position to be in.
1: Exactly. And after I saw that movie, I walked out and it surpassed the hype.
0: Sarah was pumped.
1: No amount of hype, a year of hype was not enough for me to be prepared for how much I loved this movie. Which shocked me. It shocked me.
0: I feel like a lot of people felt that way
1: since i watched it i had to go see it again i was craving it so we booked tickets to see it three days later yeah because we were craving to see it again yeah. and i've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop.
0: oh really <laughs> yeah awesome. on my
1: drives to work <laughs> i am in love with this movie
0: it was super fun very funny and it hit me deep so
1: it hit me so deep. I felt so seen. This movie was a love story to all women. And Greta just basically told us all, I see you. And, you know, patriarchy. Oh my God. Like, people say that all the time. But mm-hmm. it is a patriarchy. Our president. Every single president we've ever had in America is a man. That is a weird feeling when you think about it as a woman. Yeah. What does that message say to you? It's like, you are not a good leader. You are not... A good person in charge. You are not respected enough.
0: Not as good as the men. You're
1: not as good as the men. Like that is the message that it's sending, and right?
0: Like even if, yeah, yes, and all you're... of them. It's not like, oh, well, sixty-five percent because you know, whatever excuses, excuses. No, it's not even close to a reasonable balance between power between the sexes. That I mean, that's. Mind blowing.
1: We're a democracy, and it's supposed to be someone who's basically a spokesperson for all of us. 50% of the population is not represented. And these men are making decisions about stuff that is only pertaining to women. <laughs> there are just subliminal messages with that.
0: Like the fact that you can be a leader in America as a woman, but not too high. Even if you look at companies, Fortune five hundred, and... Stuff like that. Like, Yes, Disney has Dana Walden as the whatever she is. President of whatever. But it's mostly men, it's mostly been men. And most companies you can't get to the tippity top as a woman, like I don't know what the percentages would be of those Fortune 500 companies, but it's a lot of them. It's just something where I understand how it got this way. I'm not like scratching my head about that, but it is just wild to think what that must feel like as a woman in a more, what, what's, what would you, how would you describe our world today where it's like, it feels more equal opportunity for women right. or, it's, or like, it's painted that way perhaps?
1: There's obviously been so much progress since even just 50, like 70 years, there's been a ton of progress, but even in our, yeah, our society today, if you ask people, will there be a woman president? You just think that's not possible. Yeah. Um, also this movie, we should talk about how this movie caused some controversy.
0: Oh my gosh. Which I-, I don't know. I think it's fake controversy. I really do. I think people just decided their thoughts on it once they started hearing about the themes. But if they actually watched it, they would feel the love and all that and that it's funny and, and true.
1: Totally. The Barbie movie is totally rooted in love. It's just it beautiful.
0: Is- like I don't. Yeah, it was beautiful.
1: It was. And like, of course, it makes fun of men, but it was just in good fun. It was like, we can all agree with this. that like yeah. some of these behaviors are silly. For instance, war, <laughs> the part where they're like, oh, we just didn't know who we were. So that's why we're fighting. Yeah. Mm, yeah.
0: And the, oh, you know, it was which really you know, Oppenheimer. We, we thought that's what we thought. We we had a feeling that these movies were going to be really similar. And they would have been if they would have gone with that theme because the Kins fought the Kins. But then they realize at the end of this, the musical number that they're all Kin. Of course, that's their name. And they're so similar. That it's just, that's
1: actually so cool. I didn't think about that. I didn't
0: think about that either. It was just like the men who lead now going at w- to war with one another. Giving an example, Russia and Ukraine. Their languages are super similar. Yes. Like they in sound. Uh, a lot of the Ukrainian people speak Russian. They're like Neighbors, they, it's insane that they're killing each other. They're all kin.
1: They're all kin. We are one, it's like we're all kin is the new.
0: And I'm enough. <laughs> and I'm good at doing stuff.
1: I wasn't expecting to cry so much in the film. And after I saw Barbie, I got home and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I bawled crying. It like brought up so much stuff for me That obviously wasn't expecting, you know. I'm just going to like a Barbie movie. Tears of relief, I think, is how I would describe it. Because the movies put language to so many things that I've felt. And I haven't seen it that well done and that well articulated what the collective like woman experience is like. I mean, it really just comes down to feeling like you have to be perfect Mm -hmm. all the time. So if I say anything that is not societally seen as perfect. I feel like I have to mask it as, it's just a joke, haha. <laughs> like, hee I'm nice. You know, it's all orchestrating your life around trying to get everybody to like you. I mean, it's impossible. It's impossible. Of course. So the freedom is just letting that shit go and just right. being yourself.
0: You know what, Matt, he's like, my brother's favorite part of the Movie was when she was I think it might have been in Venice where she was she just started looking around at all the human Experiences going on like the different groups someone like there was like a couple fighting and it was just such a truthful snapshot of like what it's like to be a human or what it's like to be an American and It was beautiful even though it was like real and raw
1: That was so oh, I loved when she looked over at that old woman older woman and said "Like you are so beautiful and she goes I know
0: it. <laughs> I can see them doing a Barbie 2 where they just are trying to win some local election in the real world and they have to go recruit help from the from Barbie land.
1: I hope there's a Barbie 2. <laughs> that would be so good. I really want to see a Barbie 2.
0: I kind of hope there's not. It's so perfect. I but understand. that would be pretty funny.
1: I Usually I am like that where I want to leave the original right. as is because it takes away when there's a sequel a lot of times. <laughs>
0: But. I kind of feel that way about Harry Potter, where I'm like, don't remake him.
1: I know. But, not, but then I'm
0: like secretly kind of pumped about getting to watch him in longer form.
1: Because they're doing a TV show,
0: TV right? show. One season is one year. Wow. So if they do 10 episodes, an hour piece, which probably won't be that long, but that's a 10-hour movie.
1: It might be. You know?
0: I loved the Ryan Gosling learning about patriarchy and just observing Century City. That was such a fun, specific L.A. joke that everyone laughed at here. But I was wondering if people would know that reference anywhere else. I don't
1: think you would.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Century City is, like, where all the—it's, like, where the big agencies are. I think—I know CAA is there, and it's just very much, like, that's where everybody wears suits and the tall high-rises and banks and all that.
1: It's pretty lame. Like, it's one of the lamest— Yeah, areas of LA. You don't want
0: to say you're from, you live in Century City. I've never heard anybody say that. And Century City Mall was in Crazy Stupid Love when Ryan Gosling took Steve Carell's character to the uh, mall to get him new clothes.
1: Shared universes.
0: That would be amazing. Crazy Stupid Love and Barbie. Crazy Stupid Love is just a kin, an evolved kin that's come to earth to help Steve Carell's.
1: I love it. (laughs) It was so good.
0: I hope he gets nominated.
1: I hope he is nominated. I hope he wins. I hope Margot gets nominated, and I hope the movie wins. Yeah, production design the
0: Obviously, song will probably get a nod.
1: Is it gonna sweep the Oscars? We're gonna watch it We're a third it
0: time now. when it comes out on streaming.
1: I can't get enough.
0: I can't get enough.
1: They're saying that Barbie movie is the new litmus test for dating men.
0: <laughs> I like if they like it, thumbs up. If they don't, break up with them.
1: Pretty much.
0: I honestly think that's a good, that's a, you know, no litmus test is 100%, but as far as those go, that's a pretty good one.
1: If they didn't like it, I would need a long explanation as to right. why. Right, right. I am open to people not liking it. Maybe the yeah. campy humor is not for them.
0: You <laughs> know, if you don't like, like women, three pages if you're like, so no, 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 you don't understand. It's not, I'm not like sexist. I just don't like women. Is that a good enough excuse? I wish it
1: was as blatant as that, but usually No no no
0: no 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 you don't understand. I'm a good guy. I just don't like women.
1: Wait, the part where Will Farrell said
0: I know I, what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah, and he said, I have friends that are I do Jewish. I
0: appreciate that. They were we had a woman as CEO in the nineties and another one at some other time.
1: That killed me. Gosh,
0: that was good. My friends are Jewish. I have friends that are Jewish.
1: I'm a son of a mother. <laughs> I think he said I'm a mother of a son. Yeah,
0: it was a great role for Will Ferrell. Matt didn't know that he was in it. It was perfect Conference. for him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, You know what he's talking about is that our favorite show is Sex Education. <gasps>
1: yes.
0: And so three of our favorite people were in Barbie movie. Uh, I don't know Adam Groff's Actor name.
1: Me neither. We just know him as Adam Groff. But he was from in the it, show.
0: From the show. He was the Mattel employee and he was so funny.
1: He was perfect in I it. love him. Emma Mackey. Emma
0: Mackey is my ultimate crush. Same. I love her.
1: Maeve though. <laughs>
0: Maeve. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Maeve. I don't know Emma Mackey at all.
1: Well no. I think we're kind of obsessed with her because she was so pretty in this and so cute. In this.
0: So cute. And her kin was Nakuti from sex education oh my gosh that my is heart so melted. cute
1: season four is coming out in september
0: oh my gosh i can't wait and
1: my other favorite person dan levy is it levy or levy i
0: don't know
1: i'm sorry dan if i got your last name wrong but i love him so much and he's I going to be wait. in season four we could talk about the strikes right now
0: Oh, yeah, we should. Because we
1: might be waiting a long time for some of our content. Like, Severance is another one of our favorite Mm -hmm. shows. And they were filming, but then the actors went on strike and they had to stop.
0: They went on strike when the writers went on strike. Oh, did they? Because um, a lot of people might not know this, but when they have all the scripts written and they start filming, they keep writers on staff to change things on the fly. So if something's not working and they're like, this scene actually needs to be at the supermarket instead, they need writers to rewrite it like in a day or like in a couple days and so when if you have a high quality production like severance you have to have writers on staff so when the writers are on strike they stop filming
1: so many shows are going to get way pushed back yeah because i think they're going to be on strike for a while people are saying till january what do you think about the strikes what are your thoughts
0: i can't comment on that i stand with fx and i am loyal to bob iger
1: oh that's lame
0: I um uh, can't comment on that right now.
1: How come? <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> Bo works for FX, which is owned by Disney, so he technically works for Bob.
0: I do work for Bob. Love Bob. But uh pretty upset with him right now.
1: I'll comment on it.
0: I do think that there's some injustices going on. Imagine that. I think there's a hoarding of profits away from the creatives which I don't think is cool do we need to like explain I don't know how yeah because I we live here in LA I work in the industry so everyone knows what's going on so I'm almost like assuming everyone knows what's going on
1: yeah I think it would be good for a a highlight reel brief rundown
0: okay so this isn't the first time there's been strikes this is a thing with the studios who have all the power they often throughout history since the beginning of broadcast television and films have like kind of wanted all the money and not wanted to pay their creative so before when we were on broadcast the writers went on strike and said hey and maybe the actors too but they said hey look you guys are getting all these profits on the back end but we create the show so if we do a really really good job and you get to you show it more times we should get paid and they're like all right that's fair so a you get residuals off of each when they play the movie or the show and then each time they rerun the show or an episode you get a residual check and it dwindles as time goes on. So it gets smaller, the residuals, but as a percentage. Uh, but you still get paid. And that's why actors who maybe are just like character actors in like in CIS and stuff like that, they can make a living and they could like, you know, buy a house like everyone else because they eventually over a career build up all of these residuals that are coming in. And then you can retire and all that. And then it's the same thing with writers where if you wrote, if you had writing credits on enough things, you are getting these residual checks. So what happened is we shifted into... You mean to close that?
1: Sure, sorry to interrupt. I'm squinting at you because the sun's coming in now.
0: So then we switched to broad, uh, from broadcast television to streaming. Not 100% yet, but it's getting there. And with streaming, they didn't technically have to tell anyone how much the show is being viewed. And so they weren't paying people for streams like they were for reruns On cable, And so they started also creating seasons naturally started um, having less episodes. And and now a season will have eight episodes where we're watching Parenthood right now. And that's like 24 episodes a season. And you're getting paid for each episode when you write it. So anyways, it's just like less and less money is going to writers. Less and less money is going to even directors, producers, and, and actors. And so they're like, hey, this isn't fair anymore. Our... Your character actors that are supposed to be able to make a living can no longer make a living. And they have to also be a bartender or whatever or have a second job. This is this is ridiculous. You guys are making billions and billions and billions of dollars and writing each other these fat bonuses at the end of each year. And your creatives are getting screwed over.
1: Yeah, the gap is astronomical between the studios and the people who are in the movie and behind the scenes writing it.
0: Right. Yeah. And the actors, I think, was a little contentious with the Americans because... They were just thinking like these millionaire, right? Movie people stars. when
1: people think of actors going on strike, they're like, oh, boo-hoo, you're, yeah. Margot Robbie getting paid millions,
0: right? And we have a lot of actor friends, and most of them have, secondary jobs, because even even though they've consistent been consistent actors, yeah. like
1: they're on Netflix, yeah, they're not super well known. But you would think you could just make a decent living being an actor, yeah. but they're not. A they're lot not. of these writers, especially, are below the poverty line, right. Even writers on The Bear and Ted Lasso.
0: I can't comment on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you have to, every time you drive into work, cross the picket line.
0: Yeah, that's right. They're, they're picketing outside of the Fox lot, which is where FX still lives. And yeah, so last time I got to work a little late, I got like in at like 10, and there was, what do you say, 100, 150 people out there? Yeah. And I just have to drive past them, and that doesn't feel great. Because I'm on their side, but it was just like business as usual. I don't know. I kind of feel like a scab, but I'm c- not considered one, apparently.
1: Who is considered one? Just the execs?
0: No, uh, a actor doing oh, a job or a I writer see. writing for someone. So if someone, if I was a writer and I was going in, into 20th Century Fox to help them write a movie, you're a scab, You're, and that's bad.
1: Is a scab a term? I think so. For this specifically, or you're just saying... I'm pretty sure. Like, scum of the earth?
0: <laughs> now I gotta look it up, because I feel... This time on, is Bo stupid?
1: No, I don't like that.
0: Strike breaker. Pejoratively called a scab. Black leg. Yikes. Or a knobstick.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Intense terminology. They're not messing around.
0: I mean, yeah, you're kind of... Especially if it's... There's an un- injustice, which I think there is now. And you're a picket line crosser, like a real one. Maybe that's me. I can't tell. But, yeah, that's fucked up. It is. Yeah. All that to say, there's a strike going on. It could last a long time. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it, Sarah? Sorry to ramble on.
1: No. Please do. Um, I I think it's great. I think the most controversial point that they're trying to make now is tricky about the A.I. Yeah. So what's great about it is they're trying to get ahead of all of this. Right. The problem is we don't know ahead of what. We don't even know what we're getting ahead of. And
0: we don't know how long it'll be before it's viable. So one of the arguments I saw like on the New York Times was about like the background actors. So they bring you into a. Uh, in front of a green screen, they'll take your picture at all these angles and then they own your image and they can put you in the background of any movie and they don't send you a fucking dime. Like that is kind of creepy. Yeah. But it doesn't work yet. So they're trying to like, before people start buying all these people's, owning their image, they're trying to get ahead of it. And the studios, because there's no based on fantasies, or not fantasies, but just to ima- what we imagine the future will be. I don't know.
1: Aren't they just debating on for the next five years? They're just making a contract That's right. for that. It's next a contract.
0: It will renew in five years. So they could theoretically be like, hey, we want to change the contract.
1: Yeah. So I guess my opinion would be it's probably best from the actors' and writers' standpoint to try to be more conservative when it comes to the AI for these next five years. And then we can always renegotiate after five years.
0: Yeah. But will it be something where the studios start using it and it's like too late? Can't put no, that no, back no. inside a Pandora's I'm box.
1: Conservative, as in trying to get the best deal about limiting the use of AI. Ah, I see. Because I see what you're saying. in five years, then we can renegotiate. But it's not going to kill everybody if the next five years it stays somewhat the same.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it is, it gets complex when you think of it, doesn't. it shut down Hollywood. So that's the transportation folks, the gaffers, janitorial all of the guilds, hair, makeup, editors, everybody is not working right now.
1: I know, I definitely don't see that as the SAG, AFTRA, and uh, the WGA. I don't see that as their fault.
0: It, I don't see it as their fault either. I see it and as the fault. And it's not their responsibility fault. to fix it, but it does complicate the entire situation. It
1: does, but the people who really have the power are the studios where they can stop that tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's good that's a good point.
1: What they're arguing for, they can provide it tomorrow.
0: Right. It's also complex because they're publicly traded companies, so legally the CEOs of these studios have to do what's best for the shareholders. So they can't just be like, let's do this because it's right. They have to make some sort of financial claim of why it's the best decision. And I think that's what hopefully this forces is they can go to their shareholders and be like, we had to make this deal. Uh, We'll see. I don't know. I'm sure we'll be talking about it for next month on this podcast.
1: I know. I mean, I wonder the Emmys already got pushed, right?
0: I can't comment on
1: that. Okay. The Emmys are potentially being pushed. So it's definitely affecting everything. There's a ripple effect right now and it's, an entertaining time to be in Hollywood—that's for sure.
0: I'm realizing. I think a lot of people are realizing that these shows are made by the writers, and I think we've really taken that for ground right now. <laughs> I want to take you for ground right now.
1: I'm scared. I'm scared. And I will. If you don't know what the heck we're talking about, Spotify Barbie original soundtrack push. That is the song.
0: I want to push you around. I
1: don't know. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I love you. Love you. We need like a sign off.
0: <laughs> wow. All
1: right, we'll table that.
0: You've been listening to Breakfast Radio with Sarah the human?
1: I hate that one, no.
0: Bye-bye, y'all. No. That's all for now. No. <laughs> all right, I got this. <clears throat>
1: that, that's all, folks. Definitely not.
0: Oof.
1: Okay, bye. <laughs>